This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. John, welcome back. We're glad you're here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know why I started with that. But you know, John, you you talked about on Sunday, you said that you were going to be doing a half marathon. Yeah, I did say that. And to be honest with you, I don't understand what the big deal was a half marathon. You made it, you, you like kind of half a thing, you right? Kinda ha- you kind of hyped it up like it's a big deal. Now, let me just tell it's you, John. It's a big deal for me. John, before I drive 13 miles, it's like 13.1 miles. Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. yeah, before I drive 13 miles, I do fill up my tank. You know, if I'm going to go that far, yeah. I will fill up my gas tank and make sure the tires are good. Yeah. I don't see what the big deal is. Like, obviously, you want a full tank of gas. 13 miles is a long way, <laughs> but I don't understand why you made a big deal out of it. <laughs> well, the operative word is running, Johnny. Run, not running oh. my car, running. Oh, like, you, you know, one drive. foot in front of the other. Why yeah. would you do that, John? Well, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you. Sometimes I, I'm, it's, it's the day before, you know, that, that's the day you have regrets. Uh, I think so. you're already actually regretting it, though. <laughs> no, I, I think... Um, I, you know, honestly, like I, I've told people a lot of for, for a lot of years, I I, don't, I really hate running, um, but I've made friends with it. Is kind of how I put it now, and I don't have like these huge goals, like these guys who run fifty mile marathons or you know these ultras and stuff like that, hundred mile. 230 mile runs, like I, I that blows my mind. I don't know how that happens. So I'm not I'm not that kind of a guy, but um, it's kind of nice just to it's like an it's like a fitness goal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not gonna win I'm not gonna win the race. I'm just gonna finish. There you go. That's all. That, that's, that's the Christian. <laughs> that's my goal. That's the Christian mentality. You just gotta finish sometimes. You just gotta finish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? But one uh, one tip I do recommend for you, John, is definitely prepare. Um, you want to do a carbo load that the that right? probably right before the race starts. <laughs> uh, a big, the big like thing. Of, Ten minutes before. Yeah, a big thing of pasta. You know, um, kind of like Michael Scott in the office, where he does like a, a big lunch of fettuccine Alfredo right before the race. I don't know who Michael Scott is oh, or what John. office he works in, but oh, John. Oh, I got to I got we, we worship Jesus around I think here. I need to I'm res- just saying. I think I need to resign from this. I think from you this need to job. repent. All right. Well, let's get going, John. Uh, we're talking about finite vessels and infinite realities. Uh, that was yeah. the last the last yeah. sermon in the series New Life. And um, John, you, you know, you're talking about kind of just to summarize the uh, the uh, jars of clay are kind of like the Tupperware of the time. You put yeah. you put these important things in these in these finite vessels. Yeah, and um. If you, if you look at our physical bodies, yeah, if they're just temporary vessels, then what happens to our bodies and our spirit when we die? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, Scripture says, you know, from dust you came and dust you will return, right? Um, that's not word for word quite what it says, but you know, it, it, the, the idea is this: that God created us out of the out of the out of the dirt, and that's and that's that's fine as far as it goes. But you know, Paul talks about First Corinthians fifteen. He talks about, and actually in this next passage that we're going to talk about on Sunday, he talks a little bit about this too. But um, we are going to leave this finite body behind, and it, it's a perishable body. It's finite. It's 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 something that um, we don't have to live with. Forever, which I think is is probably especially as you get older, it's you become very thankful for. Oh that. yeah, you know I'm not even that old, but I'm very I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know I think somewhere around 
I don't know. It seems like it seems pretty 40s. early. They start. It seems like it starts. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you, you start to you start to realize that this body's broken. It's per, it's perishable, right? It's you know knees start hurting, joints start hurting. Maybe you get arthritis. Maybe you um, maybe you've experienced some trauma in your life and you've actually lost the use of your limbs and or or something like that. Um, and I think we become thankful for that. But that's all part of the fallen world. That's all part of uh, you know. Uh, this this fallenness that we experience day to day. So so I think it, it is important to understand that that this this life this body is is finite. It doesn't last forever. It's not eternal. And um, but but Paul also talks about getting a new body in First Corinthians fifteen and an imperishable one. And um, and I think we look forward to we look forward to that very much. But for now, this is what we got. You know, um, I'm, I'm looking at my question here. I had for you, and if I look back on it. Um, Kind of talking about the idea of uh, when we die. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You, you said we get a new body, but um, what happens to our spirit? Is there a, a state of? Uh, this is a theological question. Like a yeah. state of limbo? Um, are we immediately before the judgment seat or yeah. the judgment throne? Or what? What? I mean, are you able to? This is a, you looked at your watch as if. This couldn't take a while. No, no. I looked at my watch as if it was vibrating. Oh, okay, okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so I mean... <laughs> and it was reminding me that I have to do the podcast with Johnny. There you go. Well, <laughs> it's working, but it's a little bit late. Yeah. But when it comes to um, just when we die, I mean, what happens, you know, to you know those who don't believe, those who do believe, what kind of happens once we leave this this temporary vessel? Yeah, well, I think... I think one, I want to save that question a little bit for next week, just because we're, it, you know, Paul dot, Paul dot dives into that a little bit. Um, there's kind of that uh, famous verse that talks about, you know, to be being being separate from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And so, so we're going to talk about that a little bit next week. Um, but I think it's a good question, and I think that probably the most important thing at this point to, to in answer that question is to really think about it in terms of what we were created for. And that is we were created for a loving relationship with an eternal father. And so that, so that there is an eternity that we look forward to where we be with the father. And I think that's super important that we will be in his glory. You know, the last couple of weeks has been this emphasis on glory um, and God's glory specifically in, in the passages that we've looked at in second Corinthians. So, so there's this idea that we'll be in his glory. We'll bask in his glory. And that's what we're created for to, to be in his, in his presence. And, um, and, and to think, to look forward to that. And that's going to continue in this week's passage too, to look forward to that is really, really important. I think too often in our churches today, we have fallen prey to, um, sermons that are focused on the here and now. What can God do for me now? And as a matter of fact, this is even taught in, in homiletics courses, preaching classes in seminary and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, what's the application today? But the application isn't always how life can make be better today. It's not always how I can be happier. And I think a lot of our sermonizing has has embraced this idea that everything is about my own emotional happiness, not a biblical happiness, a, a joy, a, a meaning, a purpose found in Christ, which, by the way, is always eschatological. It's always looking forward to the hope that we have in Christ and his return and the establishment of his kingdom and all those things. So, so I think that we've kind of sermonized a little bit. We've become moralists or we've become self-help gurus that just happen to preach in a church on Sunday morning. And that's really, that's not good. Um, you know, so I think it's important for us to understand that, that the body we have now is broken. It's just the way it is. We look forward to a time when we receive a new body. And that's our hope. And, and it's not just the body. It's about being in the presence of God. And so, so that's what we were created for. So what we have now is temporary. 
and what we will have later will be eternal. Okay. So this broken body that you talk about, you know, it, it has something very important inside of it, right? It has a message. It has good news. It yeah, has, exactly. Um, it has the hand, hands and feet of Christ. That's right. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to take this broken down body and do ministry with it. Yeah. Um, on Sunday morning, we kind of took us a, a, a small moment to pray for those who are being um, either in slavery, trafficked, human traffic, mm-hmm. um, people who are child soldiers, people who are being abducted and, and are held against their will. There's, mm-hmm. They're physically well, enslaved to something. Yeah. Um, how do we, can we do ministry? <laughs> um, how do we do that? Because I mean, I don't, I don't really engage too much. I don't see that stuff as much where, you know, we live. Yeah. And maybe it's there, but we just don't see it. How do you, can we tangibly do ministry in that way? Or are there other opportunities or... Yeah, no. Well, there's lots of organizations that do that, right? Like there's, um, was it International Justice Mission does does some great work in, in around the world in that area. But it does happen here and now. And I, I wouldn't even say it's always against people's will. I think sometimes they grow up in an environment where where that's really the only financial option that yeah. they know. It's not even so much that you you know. There's it's it's. I, let me put it this way: they don't make a conscious decision. Oh, I'm now going to go do this. They just don't have other options. And so sometimes those kinds of things are, are moms and dads, even, you know, selling their kids into a, into a, uh, you know, whether, whether it be sending, sending them to factory factories where they're basically slave labor or whether it be selling them into, or, or, or you might say loaning them or whatever into a, um, prostitution type of environment um, what, whatever the case, you know, places like Cambodia is famous for, for a lot of, I mean, it's all over the world. It's not just there, but it's all over and it's here in Denver too. And, and, and if, and it seems to be get, always get highlights, um, when you have major events like Super Bowls or world series or political events or, or whatever that it, that it always gets these highlights as far as wherever, wherever those things take place, it seems to be an awareness of it. Yeah. There's an, there's a more an awareness of it, but it tells you it's already there. Yeah, I mean, right. and these kids are are being sold though. I mean, these kids are against their will. Well, sometimes, sometimes I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know about every situation is different. I, every, though. every situation is different, but um, you know, I, I I know. Let's just put it this way: I, I know people who who are familiar with these kinds of things happening in Denver. I mean, people are charged with you know underage prostitution, things like that, all the time mm-hmm. um, in Denver, um, and. And, and I know people who are aware of those kinds of things happening. And so I think, I think, I think we need to recognize that it's here and it's now, and especially in a world where porn is so readily available, that's streamed or whatever videos or whatever, um, those things, you know, can come from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And so, and so if, you know, by the way, which I know that's a big issue in for a lot of men that if you're participating in that, you're supporting that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. maybe not directly, but it, but it's provides you, a market for it. Provides a market for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's it's. So you said you just mentioned there are some some ministries that do help out. So yeah. And it, actually, another thing to you for you, that well, you said. A, there's a lot of ministries. Yeah. I, I just one came to mind, but there's good research. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of ministries that that work in that area. But even you, you even mentioned too that even the abstaining from it is also helping fight it. Of course. So yeah. if you don't support it, you know. Yeah. Even. Um, you know, without you even realizing for it. Exactly. Um, cool. All right, John, we'll keep, keep on moving. You talked about, um, as we do ministry and stuff that that ministry itself is a mercy. 
Yeah. And I know for me, um, and I don't know if this is kind of what you're going with that, but for me, you know, I will get into my ruts where, you know, I'd be over time, over throughout the week, I'll become a little bit more selfish and more selfish and more mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like Saturday night, night I'm like, eh, I don't, I just want to sleep in tomorrow. You know, yeah. I don't want to go yeah. to church. And then you go to church and you, you, uh, you get past that first, you know, few minutes and then you start to, you know, get your practice or your pre- preparation done and you get to engage with the church body and you get uh-huh. to see people. And, and when you leave, you're just so uplifted. And I think it's it's kind of true to some degree that that ministry it's it's a mercy that God is merciful in letting us allowing us to do yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. sometimes we look at it as a burden at times, or going to church as yeah. a burden, or praying for somebody, or visiting somebody in a hospital, or whatever whatever their ministry might be, yeah. um, or act of service for the you know for the sake of Christ, or just loving somebody else. We see that as a as a burden, but really it is a mercy it's it's a gift to be able to do those things well it is and, and a lot of times we we see the, so many of these things as a burden because it takes our time out of our schedule um, uh, and things like that and so we go oh, man i just don't have time and and look in 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 america whatever you know we find ways to fill our schedules and so you know there the, I, I understand the busyness thing i think you know i'm an extremely busy person and i know many people are and uh, and and it's, man, when can I do that? When can I go uh, provide a meal to, to somebody? When can I go visit somebody in the hospital? When can I um, volunteer at the church? Like, how do, I, how do I fit all of that in? We view it as a burden. And not only time issues um, or financial issues or whatever prevent us from doing that, but a lot of times it's the burden of ministry itself. Because then you open yourself, when you do ministry, you open yourself up to critique. And so people will come along and say, oh, I, don't, I didn't like that decision that you guys made. Or I didn't like, I don't like the way we do um, communion on Sunday morning. I don't, I don't like the way we do uh, children's ministry or, or whatever. What, it's, it's, it's never ending. It's, it's a, well, we, we picked a song that repeats too much. Or we, um, the guitar was too loud, you yeah. know, like uh, what it, it's, it's endless. It's, it's, it never ceases. Right. And so it weighs on you. And I think a lot of times too, when you're in ministry that for whatever reason, a lot of people make decisions based on what you're doing in ministry, um, based on their own preferences rather than understanding that we're, we're part of the church, the kingdom of God. And that our, our mission, our mission is not to save each other, I like Johnny. I think you know Jesus more or less. Uh, well, he's more he's or thinking less. about more, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you, but you have a relationship with Jesus, right? You're not lost. You're mm-hmm. you're. Here's the stark reality that we that people are lost. They are they are without the Creator. They don't they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what that means, scripture tells us, is that is that they are on a path towards hell, towards condemnation, towards a second death, if you want to think of it that way, um, which Revelation 21 talks about in other places. And and so and so people are literally and then and then you get a lot a of Christians death, and death we, sentence, yeah. They're they're, they're on a, in a death sentence and then and then we get Christians sometimes who come and go, well the music's too loud. Okay, fine. I, I get it. Um, we want to we want to be sensitive to those things, but there is a sense in which we we got to go. Hey, man, this is about the greater mission that God has given us to bring the gospel to the world, the good news of Jesus Christ, and and that's that's what we're about. And so I think it's really, really, really important 
that we understand that in ministry, people leave churches and they, you know, those kinds of things. And that happens all the time. I wish it didn't, but it does. And a lot of times it's over, I, I, vast majority of time it's over preferences. Yeah, preferences. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think, I think sometimes the, the, the church, the mentality of those who attend church, I mean, if we, if we realize that, you know, we, we should be learning to self-feed ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is obviously you go, you go to church as well too. I mean, mm-hmm. but, but really what the, the point of going to, to church is to see other people that you can lift up, other people that you can encourage, knowing that the, that the pastor can't always do that. Yeah. That the elders can't, can't do and, yeah. and hit everybody. And so, or the children's director can't yeah. get, can't, you know, can't take responsibility for every single child and every little thing that's going on in their life, you know, and, and that's not, that's not an excuse for the church to not be effective because I think we got to be careful about that too. Right. Like, so, so, so we, we can't, we can't just say, well, the church holds no responsibility. No, we hold a, a significant responsibility. Um, to be f- effective as we can and to work as hard as we can to minister to as many people as we can in the best way that we can. And, and, and that means the whole body of Christ, Romans 12, right? The whole body of Christ coming together and serving and understanding that, that we've got to take all our gifts, all our skills, all our mm-hmm. personalities that God's given us and bring them to, together in a unity that ministers well to the to the community and to the world accomplishing the mission of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But we just need to we just need to always be clear that our our preferences are not everybody's preferences. Mm-hmm. And that there is no church that will always or 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 for that matter nonprofit that will always make the decisions we think they should make. But how can we minister and how can we do ministry um in that context. And what we find is that when we do, God grants, gives us mercy in that we, it, our, our love for Jesus grows because in seeing what he does for others, we see what he did for us. Hmm. And I think that's important. Well, you talked about seeing just now and being able to see clearly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, verses three through four on the passage you selected last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talks, Second Corinthians, what are we on for? Yeah. Uh, it talks about the, the gospels being veiled yeah. uh, to those who are perishing. Yeah. And now, what does that mean for people who are who can be saved? You know, does that mean that God hides the good news of, of Christ yeah. from some and not others, not allow them to see clearly? Yeah, this is one of those passages. You know, and and one of the things when you read scripture, you have to read slowly. I, I don't. You know, they have these read the Bible in a year programs and stuff, and I think that's great if you love that. Great, especially if you have a lot of time to do it, because I think. Well, it's nice because it gives you a con- contextual picture a little bit better. Yeah, it gives you the 30,000-foot level, right? You know, the, the I'm flying over, the flyover view. And I think that can be super helpful. But I think most of the time we should slow down. We don't. There's nothing magical about reading the Bible in a year. Um, you know, I'm working my way through the Old Testament right now, and, and, and I'm going much slower then because because we we read these verses and and you might read these this verse verse three and i'll read it it says and even if our gospel is veiled it is veiled to those who are perishing you might read that and and either you 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 kind of gloss over it and forget it's there or you or you go what that doesn't sound fair how is that how is that right how is it veiled to some but only to those who are perishing but isn't it true that if they knew the gospel that maybe they wouldn't be perishing right you can kind of begin to work this out in your mind in, in a way that go, you go, man, this is, this is not right. But then you've got to, that's why it's important to read slow because the very next verse says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So who is it that has blinded the minds of unbelievers? Who's God, the God of this age? God of this age. It's Satan, okay. right? 
It's it's the reality little, of little G. Little G, little G God, not not of this age, right? God is the God of, you know, God the the God we worship, right? The Father, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, that God, the tri- the triune God, that's the God of all eternity. When so when it says the God of this age, it's saying the you know, the God who is who's basically brought us sin and sin nature and, and all of those things. Well, who's that? That's small G God. That's not God, Father, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's Satan God, right? The God that is cre- made into a God, not because they are by nature God, but because humanity has decided to worship them mm-hmm. and put them in that place when they shouldn't. And so we, we do, and we do, we worship Satan, maybe not directly. Most people, you know, the church of Satan's pretty small, I think. Yeah. But... Um, but we worship, we worship uh, the effects of Satan and, and his uh, and his idols and his and his idols, yeah. right? So, and a lot of the, and a lot of the, the the brilliance of his effect or his uh, strategy yeah. is to veil that that's it's right. not him they actually worshiping, right? Right, exactly, and that's that veiled piece. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, verse t- sixteen talks about um, wasting away and being renewed day by day. Yeah, what is renewal about? Does yeah, that that, that's a great question. Because I'm not being renewed, John. I'm waking up sore, every, more sore every day. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, it's, it talks about our bodies, but it's not. It's an, this is remember, this is the finite body. This is the 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 body you have, Johnny. Is is great dad bod, by the way. Yeah, but, thanks, buddy. <laughs> awesome dad bod. Yeah, but. Uh, but it's the fallen one that's been impacted by sin nature, and it's the same one I got right. It's a it's a one that's been impacted by sin nature. But yeah, it, it is this whole we're wasting away. Paul creates this vision of of we're we're at a time where there's this already not yet. We've we've seen God's kingdom break into this world, but we haven't experienced it in full, and we look forward to that. That's where our hope is, our eschatological hope, right? But and so we're wasting away because we're still in that finite world, that finite thing, and. Um, and, and so there's this idea of, hey, we're wasting away, but we are being renewed day by day. And so what's interesting about this is, is this, that, and you, you might not see it when you re- read it um, out of your translation, but this verb for, this verb for, for renewed is, is actually in, in the passive, right? Um, and, and so it's in the present passive indicative. And so here's, here's what that means. This is Greek, nerdy Greek stuff. Here's what that means that, that as you look at that in the context it's in, it's not always when it's in the passive, it's a divine passive, but in this case it is, it's a divine passive. And what that means is this, that, that the, the source of that renewal is God himself. That is part of the mercy that's being given to us is that, is that God renews us day by day. And then Paul goes on in verse 17 to talk about these momentary light troubles, right? But the glory that I, and I did talk about this, that far outweighs them all. That's the hope of the glory of the future that we have, the eternal glory. And then it's that, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but as what is unseen. So what's seen? Well, I can see you, Johnny, you're sitting across from me. You can see me. I'm sitting across from you. You can see the world the world we're in, you can see that. And so, and so we, we don't fix our eyes on what is seen, the things that the world we're in, but what is unseen, the world that is yet to come, because what is seen, the world we're in, is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so when we talk about that eternal perspective and looking forward to what, what is to come, that's really, really important. And, and we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that far too much, um, and so we carry these finite bodies, carry these minds that have re- that ha- that understand and know um, the the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, 
and we look forward, we fix our eyes on what is unseen. The gospel fully, in all its effects, fully brought to fruition in eternity future. And we look to that. That's where our eyes are focused. And so we got we to get off this idea of, you know, what can you do for me now? How can you increase my paycheck? How can you make everything wonderful in my current life? No, no, no. That's not where our eyes are. We find joy and happiness in the world to come, not in the world we're in. Mm-hmm. Have a, uh, and there's, there's an end game. There's an ultimate goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, John, sometimes the body gets in the way though. It does. Right. And sometimes things do distract us just in general. Right. But let me ask you, you know, we want to obviously not worry so much about and focus so much upon our physical things or our Mm -hmm. physical bodies necessarily, Mm -hmm. but is there some benefit to going you know, my body is, you know, I'm a little out of shape or, you know, you're, I know you've, you definitely, you were about a hundred pounds heavier, right? 80, yeah. 80, 80 pounds heavier. So there was a point where your body was, yeah. you were neglecting it, your physical body, and you had a spiritual part of you too. Did, do you think it is wise or, or does it even matter that you take care of some of the physical things in your life yeah. that, that, that it will benefit your spiritual side. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that this is really important because I think people misunderstand this. One is that I don't, I don't think we, there's a dualism, right? We have our mind and we have our body or our soul and we have our body. Right. Um, I think, I think the mind and the soul are, are kind of the same thing, not the brain, the mind, those are different things. The brain is the physical thing that we yeah. have. The mind is, is the non-physical thing that, um, interacts with the brain and the body that we have. Right. And so, and so we have those two aspects, it's called dualism and, and, and not an, and dualism has some negative connotations and depending on the context and this context is not a bad thing. It's okay. fine. It's a, it's a good thing. Uh, you know, substance dualism, it's a very technical term, but anyways, um, so we have our mind or our soul and, and we have our body, our physical structure. But here's the thing. That's why it's important. That's why Sunday's message was all about these finite containers carrying this this message because the finite container we're in it has value but its value is not found in the container itself its value is found in in the message it carries the substance yeah the, yeah this whatever yeah the substance of whatever's inside it which is the gospel message of Jesus Christ and so and so it's important that we take care of our finite structure not so that we can um, not because it's going to last for forever but so that we can do a good job of being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You know, Romans 10 talks about beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, right? And quoting Isaiah. But, and, it's, and the idea is this, that, that we carry the good news so we should take care of our bodies so that we can carry the good news longer to people who need to hear it. Um, and, and so it's important to take care of our bodies. And I think there's other benefits, spiritual benefits too. You know, I do some exercise. I run, as you talked about at the beginning, I run a little bit. And that's a great time for me to think and pray and, and all those kinds of things. And I do that. Not, I'm not praying the whole time I'm running always, but I'm always thinking are about you, something. Are you praying, God, get me through this? Yeah. And sometimes I what am is, praying that too. What is God, wrong get me with to me? the end. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so, and, and Paul even talks about, uh, I think it's in first Corinthians. I have to look it up, but I, I think it's in first Corinthians. Yeah. First Corinthians nine. I think he talks about the, um, taking, taking care of the body has some value, but not the same kind of value. I'm paraphrasing, not the same kind of value as, as, as you know, our spiritual life. And I don't think the two are are exclusive. I think they overlap a little bit, but, but there is a, certainly a distinction. Have you noticed a difference between you, um, just your energy, you know, your level of energy towards the gospel, towards, you know, things because you feel better or or is there no, it's not much different. I mean, you're pretty, 
driven back even when you're a little overweight? Yeah, I was just focused on different things. Okay. You know, um, I was went to school for some of that time, put on some weight there and different things. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think, I think there is a good benefit in that. Um, I, I, you gotta be careful, right? Like I don't ever want to worship the physical body that I have. Um, number one, you wouldn't if you saw it anyways, you know, like it's not that. Yeah. But, I've seen it. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's, oh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, but the point is that the point is that we got to be careful. Like my spiritual life is far more important than my physical fitness life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the fact that God has given me this body, this is the one, this is the one I got. This is the one he's given me. It's the temple of the Holy spirit, but we, we ought not confuse the temple with the Holy spirit, right? It's the temple that contains the Holy spirit. And, and it's we, still Tupperware. It's still Tupperware. It's right. Exactly. It's yeah. still Tupperware. And so I think we need to recognize that, but there is value in taking care of it. But for the purpose of, that I do have good energy, that I, that I can be more effective in ministry, that I can carry the gospel, uh, to the gym where I work out in, for instance, mm-hmm. um, or, or things like that. And so I think there's, I think there is value, but well, you gotta probably, be careful. Not, maybe not even spiritually too, but even to some degree, um, like you mentioned a little bit, mental health, you know, just yeah, the absolutely. anxiety, the, the frustration, the depression, there's something about God has created and believe me, I don't exercise. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, <laughs> That's you not know, true, Johnny. You, not, you told me you were doing some, a little bit on like a treadmill or something the other day. Well, a couple was, weeks ago. Yeah, there was a was there like two days. No, there's a, there a couple cookies at, on the treadmill. And I got <laughs> I got on, and then I was like, oh no, I got to How do I get to these things? And I, it's just I can never catch it. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> but no. So I'm not definitely not shaming people that don't exercise because I don't exercise as much as I should. But there is something maybe even God given. Yeah. That when we do exercise, mm-hmm. you know, we release endorphins. Absolutely. And we're able to deal with the stress of life. Yeah. You know, I think, and even, you know, so I think that just exercise, whether it's spiritual through the, the reading or whether it's Yeah, we're not physical. talking about yoga here. Like, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, spirit, yeah spiritual, like, exercise of reading the Bible, sorry. Reading the Bible, yeah. and then, like, yeah, exercising. I mean, and yoga's good for if you're on stretch or something, I'm sure. Would well, you not? Yeah, well, I just I just think there's there's a spiritual aspect to yoga we got to be really careful that's, about. Yeah, yeah that's a, no, no, for sure. There's the uh, meditation stuff. Got to be careful with that. Yeah, I doing think. some stretches because it's good for your body. Do stretches. Yeah, man. great. So, uh, but yeah, um, no, I think it's just important. I think God does give give it to us, you know, exercise, and He it allows for our, just for our mental health. But I think it will help uh, spiritually as well. Absolutely. So, um, well, John, we're moving on. Yeah. You have any uh, good resources besides, you know, some of those websites? They look up some websites that they want to donate. Yeah, yeah I think uh, one of the things that I think is is you know, as far as resources go, International Justice Mission. We talked about the sex slavery and child slavery and stuff like that. But um, also, I think it's a resource that I've mentioned before. Um, but I think it's really good. John Piper wrote a book, "Don't Waste Your Life." I think that's an excellent book to read. I think um, you know we we got to recognize that we're all called to ministry, every one of us. And, and so don't waste, don't waste your life. Don't waste your calling on simply amassing, uh, wealth or whatever, because you will be disappointed at the end. Yeah. Well, John, uh, this is probably your last podcast because I think tomorrow, no, tomorrow, <laughs> I might die tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's the run, the big yeah, run, July 4th. So, uh, um, any replacement, uh, uh, hosts you'd recommend any uh, new yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no seriously John be prepared to preach on Sunday Johnny yeah uh, that's right uh, what's the big idea for this week uh, nothing temporary compares to the eternal glory that awaits those who believe thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast where we believe in real grace for real living we'll see you next week <laughs>